0: Welcome to the Music Challenge Podcast. My name is Andrew. Thank you for coming out tonight to listen to the pod. And I'd like to, first of all, tell you what we're doing tonight. We're doing the second half of Kevin's Formative Four. Last week, week, we did the, uh, uh, what we do, Miles Davis' Bitches Brew and Fish's Lawn Boy. And uh, Kevin's going to present his other two Formative 4T in in just a minute here. Rangers. Uh, Jed, how you doing, man? I'm doing
1: pretty good. I'm glad it's getting toward the weekend. It's been kind of a long week. Everyone's dealing with kind of coping with that, like, it's been a whole year of this kind of craziness, and I think it's all coming around and hitting everyone kind of a burnout sort of way, but, you know, it's kind of cool. We're trying to, like, seeing spring come up and starting to see people again, and people are out, yeah, so bit. it's cool, and uh, yeah, mm, that's about
2: it, Rob. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Um, like you said, this spring thing is giving me a little pep. Um, because I need, uh, well, anyways, I needed that pep, we all needed that fucking pep, and uh, music, of course, gives me that pep. I have my springy albums, and then of course, we've been peeling into. Kevs too, which we'll tell you about in a second. Yeah, you gotta, um, you, you, you still what, gotta build me I, a bike, man. Yes. And I had and I've been talking about BMX bikes for the last two weeks. And I was Autumn's like, Dad, you gotta fix my bike. You gotta fix yours. And I you popped into my head, and I was like, God, I gotta build Jet a BMX bike. I am building you a BMX bike. I got it all here. Awesome.
1: All
0: I look forward to it. <sighs> Kev. Yes, we all, it'll be the podcast bike. Pass it around. We will uh, deck it all out and uh, someone else can
2: have my camera. <laughs> it's got uh, a comfortable seat. It, it'll have a Bluetooth speaker in it. It's going to have a banana seat on it. You can play your 4 <laughs> 4 while you're riding. We'll get
1: some pictures taken with all of us on a banana seat. Like, she <laughs>
2: went PMX. I have access. I have access to one. <laughs> Of the Rob's riding on and
1: pegs. Yeah, definitely. Right. How 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 could that sure. possibly go wrong?
2: <laughs> right, exactly. So Kev, what have you been up to in the last week? Well, shit, it's only been a week. What have you been up to?
3: Well, I uh, you it's know be two I've two been weeks in
2: real time. <laughs> I've oh,
3: been yeah. digging uh, digging into some of these albums. All the snow is gone, so I'm excited about that. Got out uh, got out fishing a couple times so far. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm not Kevin catching, out. of course uh, not. But, uh, yeah, Whatever. Uh, Andrew and I went the line, out. Though. But yeah, it's important to get out, and that's. Th- and I think I'm gonna do a new thing this year. I've got it figured out. Um, every solo fishing trip I take, I hope to take more with you guys than solo. But every solo fishing trip, I'm gonna get into a new album, and, uh, nice. and I'm gonna tell you all about it. Yeah and it's uh, real good yeah and it gives me about an hour i don't have much more of an attention span by myself other than that i mean if i go somewhere and i start hitting fish after fish then i'm probably never gonna sure. listen to
2: another album <laughs> now you're, uh, then, you, then you're gonna move to the bass tour that one perfect day <laughs> where you just nailing. yeah
3: in a exactly no life what? uh that that's yeah, the retirement uh, plan is uh getting a bass boat but uh yeah, to that, uh, I'm excited to talk about these albums, guys. Um, yep. These are two that um, I think I was mentioning it earlier, like, you know, every note of each of these albums is seared in my brain, a lot more so than last uh, week's were, which were both serving as portals to other things. Sure. These two were ones uh, that I appreciated solely for the albums. And so um, the two that we're going to talk about today are Animals by Pink Floyd, and Master of Puppets by Metallica. Um Ooh. and let's start with that one, huh? Um, you want to start with with Metallica. I think let's that, yeah. start with that one, right? Actually, um right. all right. So <laughs> I'm excited to talk about these albums. But first, uh what's going on with you, buddy? How you doing, Andrew?
0: Oh, uh actually I, I was uh reflecting on uh where the podcast and in uh, particular Judd and Rob and I were that night. And the fact was is uh uh, yes, a year ago tonight was the night the world shut down, or America shut down basically for COVID. That was the night uh, all the sports shut down, and you were told not to come back to work, and blah 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 blah, blah. We all know it happened. And That was a uh, year ago today? Yeah. That's what Why did I, I not hear this? That's what I heard anyway. Wow. So, uh, in any case, Rob and Jed and I were preparing to record an episode of the Music Challenge podcast. Actually, it was, we were going to do it in my garage, uh, which was where we recorded the first couple of podcasts. And we thought, we thought we were, yeah, live. We thought we were starting to get that down just a little bit. And I, so in any case, we fast forward to Thursday evening there and, um, uh, okay, I, I, am setting everything up and I'm, you know, I'm getting kind of exhausted setting everything up. I, you know, I, I don't think I really had a radio on in the garage or anything like that. And, uh, and as soon as I get done setting everything up and it was kind of a elaborate process with the three mics and the whatever and the preamp and the whatever, uh, I go sit down in my car to have a cigarette and my phone had blown up and it was Judd and Rob saying they don't feel comfortable coming over because we might give each other COVID. And there was, we have some high risk participants in the family, the music podcast challenge music challenge podcast family, which is fine. We made the right choice, That's but, true. uh, um, so to tell you the truth, we haven't attempted to record live since then for the very same reason. Just, you know, it's not really recommended to uh, be, you know, That's professional radio to. people aren't sitting across from each other spitting. So.
2: Correct. Um, and, but it also allowed us to do what we do and continue our Music Challenge podcast and oh, totally. bring in fucking Foss. Right. Or Kevin, as
0: you all know him. Now we can, uh, uh, we're a lot more mobile because no matter, you know, Kevin's at his house, Jed's at his house. I'm at my house and Rob's at his house. And, you know, so I could do it from my parents' house. I could do it from wherever. Um, so we can bring yeah. you more, the music challenge podcast, but so that, so in any case, the episode we were going to record was the remain in light episode.
2: Oh, is that the episode we were going to do?
0: I do believe wow. so. I do believe so. And <laughs> we're uh, done. That got put <laughs> off. Um, I believe it was going to be the second or third time we attempted to record it because we tried it once in the middle of the night. And I believe Jed just said, no way. Uh, we were doing it. Right. Yeah. It just like, we're done. I can't do this. Anymore. Right. And uh, we had some uh, late night freezing. Early condition. So, in case, Absolutely. that's my little reflection on what happened with the music challenge podcast a year ago tonight. And, uh, the three of us and, uh, Kevin, sorry to take up your time, uh, but we'll add it on <laughs> to the end.
3: Don't worry about it, man. Matter of fact, uh, we're not like on
0: network TV. We can, yeah.
3: Exactly. Right. No, it's, uh, we don't 42, have advertisers man. yet. Listen, if uh, fucking mattress people, mattress in a box okay. people, if you want to sponsor us, we're here for you, right? My, uh, I dinner in like a box, no. pre-cut no. carrot people, yeah, you know, you want them? to sell Fresco, us some GTI, yeah. Exactly, a call, man. You Somebody. want to sponsor us? We'll uh we'll whore out CBDs, money, right? Yeah, um,
2: kratom companies. Like I love kratom. Kratom there companies. You go. Whatever, kratom
3: whatever you want us to Kratoms sell. Are us. CBDs are all over
2: we, Yeah,
3: we we'll all patronize these sure. things. All right, folks.
2: <laughs> Gummies, whatever. But it's uh,
3: yeah. Yeah, well, uh, but it, no, seriously, Andrew, it's um, it's amazing to see what has, uh, like, you know, not only how much the world has changed over the past year, um, but I think how much, um, like, just how fun this whole thing has become and how awesome it has been to become a part of it. So, it's great yeah, to, to be yelling. here. And I'm excited as hell to share these formative albums with you guys tonight because I think you're going to love them and I think you do love them, um, hopefully. Thanks, you. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's start with Metallica, right? Um, Master of Puppets. Um, mm-hmm. So I first got into this album, Jesus Christ, as a 12-year-old, um, yeah. which sounds crazy exactly. when I think about that. Right. Um, but I was kind of a metalhead who was really into Ozzy, like really into Ozzy. I had a kid a couple years older than me that lived across the street, and I it was wore on the shit out of religion, Oz. um Dude, I,
2: And I, I toyed right? with that being one of my formative, right? And it's, it's, it's yeah, it took me into, I, so.
3: It right. Well, that's forward. what I'm saying. I know.
2: I got. Yeah. I'm just I mean, saying, but I toyed yeah. with that being one of mine too. Yeah. And my mom such... threw my copy of that shit out, Kev. Do that. So,
3: God bless my mom. She was so tolerant and patient with me. I mean, I literally had to fuck like a beast uh, cassette. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Wasp. The fucking...
2: Oh, yes, yes, yes. I
3: had that just for the sake, for the shock value of it. I went, I bought it at Rolling Stone. But um so anyway, I was into all that kind of shit. But when, like, when that Master of Puppets album came out, the kid across the street from me had turned me on to Ride the Lightning. And like, holy crap, that album is amazing. Game changer, dude. Right? Like... That was the first time that someone had done that to heavy metal in a way that, you know, really, really was the game changer. You know, right. orchestral, Accessible. right? Like just it it was slick, but it was also powerful as hell, you know. Um not cheesy in the slightest, right? No, I mean it um was- it there were there were a lot of bands when I think about it back then, because what was so interesting to me in listening to Metallica was like, I mean, what I what I heard was on some level what Iron Maiden did on steroids. Like Iron Maiden were kind of the kings at the time, right? They were the metal They're kings. They're and, very good. You know, having like a killer bass player, fucking awesome lyricist, yeah, and sure. then driving rhythms,
2: and then shredding and, guitar like right all. and then that like that guitar duo kind of like dueling, yeah. not dueling but like th- uh, that whole layered like <laughs> playing sort of the they, so, have, then they uh, have like a
0: soloist guy <laughs> then they have like a rhythm guy right, and then they kind of have a dude who just swoops in for like the heavy duty like
3: just for reinforcement tug of tug of work so yeah so no, no, he's
0: part of the thing go ahead
3: but, I mean, I think what, what Metallica did with Master of Puppets is, like, they were kind of like, all right, you know, we have figured this thing out. We're going to amp it up another level. And so, you know, when you think about the way that that album starts, right, like the very opening notes of Battery...
2: Holy shit!
3: Sonic assault,
2: right? Cemented into my fucking brain when I first heard that, I was like, "Yes!" uh, I I immediately loved it, like instantly. I mean, it's there's like there's
3: a thrashing going on there, but there's still a precision to it that's just absolutely. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. It
1: it. Well, you mentioned. Have you mentioned the orchestral kind of like right. speck of it. And that's the thing about this album that I love so Hell much yeah. is just that there's like, there is so much beauty in the music that they put on this album. Mm-hmm. Like whether they're thrashing and just crushing or it's just a few notes spaced out right. I mean, there are moments in like four or five of these songs where it's just like, you would never, if you picked it in those, that right five or six bars, there's no way that you would have thought that like what is coming after or what came before was right. what you would expect it to be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it
2: just keeps, it keeps coming on like that. It's just beautiful. Gateway to progressive almost as I listened yes. to it. And that was one thing that popped into my head, like their time changes in, um, it, it, I, it's heavy that. metal
0: chords are extremely hard to play, I'll tell you. I mean, right. your hand is like spanning six frets.
2: Right. And it's
0: like not your normal human being. I mean, I guess what I mean by that is it is extremely impressive. And also, I mean, you know, like you, the, the orchestral harmonics, I mean, it's so evident, you know. And the thing is, would, you guys tell me because I'm not really the heavy metal guy around here. But wasn't that kind of a blueprint for like? Well, it had to be a blueprint for a lot of the, other bands.
2: The blueprint in, in an archetype of whatever we're,
0: they were doing, correct? Right. Like,
2: and uh, here's my. You guys talked about the comparison between Iron Maiden and them. They almost like took the pomp and circumstance out of the metal thing because there was that, and they were just like we're going to get up here in black jeans and black t-shirts and yeah. fucking rip your face off. In yeah, there, there's zero cheese in Kirk Hammett's guitar solos. They're heavy blues, but like metal blues. In this is another thing I was thinking today as I was listening to Disposable Heroes and I couldn't not bring this up. That's good, um, song. It's good. So it's freaking ridiculous. Um but it's almost like the war pigs of the 80s because it's almost that theme but they were like this is how we're gonna kick it up it's like haunting and evil and political and it it's just freaking incredible i love it, it that solo not, is so yeah. bluesy it's just kick ass
3: Well, and it's, I mean, I I was telling you this earlier, man, and I have to make this point, is that to me, it's not just Disposable Heroes, but the song before it's sanitarium like the right. last two sanitarium, and a half minutes so of sanitarium
1: that's what, that's what just the let la- constantly the around.
3: last two and a half minutes of sanitarium is as metal as metal gets it's the height of metal when you talk about composition when you talk about the two guitars kicking in when you talk about right. lars changing the tempo hitting that right. fucking hi-hat and all of a sudden the fucking jam just kicks in God, he takes it to another level and they all rise together. It's, it's, I mean, the, I heard this shit as a 12 year old and like I give it's this right. album, exactly. I give this album more credit than probably any other album for blowing my mind in a way that made my appreciation for all of this other stuff possible. For and sure. I mean, just in the, ways Just that, the complexity of right? it. Right? Like, like there are insane moments of composition and metal was just the medium. Like this, you know, this could have happened in any number of genres. The fact that it was metal incorporated that fucking ounce of oomph that just, it was to a 12 year old, was like every, all the good shit wrapped into one. And like, yeah, like the, the lyrics were like, even listening to them, like walking around the neighborhood, you know, as a fucking forty seven year old dad, like they hold up. They're not all cheesy in a ways that like there's no way I could bust out like a Judas Priest album and not just like cringe and <laughs> have shit. Right. right? That's right? all
0: got like, a double meaning now.
3: Crack.
1: Right?
2: Up, well it always of, right? yeah, right. But there's I mean, no but, crack. Well, up, you're in on crack the joke. Up when, There's no cracking up when when James Hetfield is saying, you will die when I say you must die back to the front. I mean, it's just, I mean, evil.
3: It's, you know, this is the pinnacle of like the first, like, you know, this is really it right here. This is like, it's not like all, this is a band firing on all cylinders. You know, this is the height of their powers. Like the The Kirk Hammett, Guitar solos. Um, he got coached by Joe Satriani before this album, and like, makes sense. when you th- that makes right sense. when you yeah. think about where some of those shreds come from in some of those songs, like you hear it, yeah, um, you hear it in a lot of the solos. And it's the the song that I don't want to I don't want to go unnoticed um, is Orion. Um, oh
0: man, that's as always. Right. Thought. Dude, One of my you
3: love that bass in that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. this, like the bass part. I was thinking about you. Um, You know, and like even like a song that's kind of relatively like off kilter, like Leper Messiah when you like the solo in that is like, holy fuck. It's like, yeah, Kirk Hammett really, really shines on this album. And it's cool to hear because like, I don't know, everything, my relationship with Metallica feels complicated because I loved this album so much at a young age. And then they just, they got cringeworthy and disappointing. Um, Yeah. You know, as soon as they started hating their fans, when I was like d- discovering Napster, I'm like, why is Metallica being dicks about this? Right, it's a long and then of tradition
0: of right, their fans,
3: right? And then I went to go see them with a buddy of mine. I saw like, him. I want to say, um, sometime Did you in at like the Assembly Hall. No, um, so the first time I saw them was at Poplar Creek in July oh, of 1986. Dude, that the opening
2: is legendary. for legendary. That the Master legendary. of Puppets
3: tour, yeah, I saw the Master of Puppets tour as a my fucking twelve-year-old, hey, as a twelve. Yeah, my buddy Creek, and it props that. to your folks, My man. buddy and his mom took me, and the God bless the lady across the street, man. Alice, oh God bless Alice and her son. You know, and Shout I was friends with them, Alice. and they Hell fucking yeah, took Alice. me as a twelve-year-old, and I saw that tour, and so I saw them then again as a young adult, like. Didn't, I think they headlined Lollapalooza one year when it was traveling still. That's what I was going
0: to say, like, I think the second one.
3: And I went out to Chillicothe. Chillicothe? Does that sound right? So I went to that fucking place and I felt ripped off. I felt like it was a cash grab and I felt like they were lame. And so... I was kind of done with them after that. Like I was, I was ready to give them another chance at that point. I'd already kind of moved on to other music. I was like a deadhead and kind of starting to get into fish and stuff. And then at that time, it just, it felt like a cash grab. They still had that Napster shit. Taste in their like mouth, bitterness, <laughs> bitterness, right? And I was right? still like, "Fuck Metallica," <laughs> yeah. right? But like right. at this age, man, I loved every note of the shit. And so, yeah, Orion is but, such an amazing tune.
2: Fuck, I don't know. Uh, you like, still, but you, you have to understand. Obviously, you were twelve, but you saw them at their absolute like live peak. That's they the were, thing. They were playing like, their fucking. I am the fucking to act, make you shake like, your pants. Right, right? like right? that wow. was the
3: fucking portal. The visual. My brain um, was given at that age. And so, yeah, I think that music created things in my neurons that might not have existed for other 12-year-olds at that period in time when it comes we to need, music appreciation. We, because need of to that thank, shit.
2: we need to thank Kevin's mom. We, we um, just do. And Alice, Alice. fucking oh, yeah. Alice, Seriously, man. Yeah. And Alice.
3: Yeah. Um, and the, the other thing I want to make sure gets mentioned about this fucking album outside of Orion, which, you know, we're probably not talking about enough because it's a fucking beautiful composition by uh, Cliff Burton, who died not too long after this, like four months after the release of this right. album maybe, you know. Um, but the closer of this album is fucking Damage Incorporated. Oh. Like, Damage Incorporated, which is like their theme song, and just another rager. Like an absolute thrash metal rager um, in all time.
1: Well and I keep I, I keep coming back and trying to figure out what that reminds me of that's like maybe kind of current or something like I just I love that the cutout with the damage incorporated. You know, like the just this halt and I don't know, it's it's an awesome one two punch for a final. Final tune.
3: Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's well-produced, well-written, and, you know, I think the lyrics still hold up without being cringeworthy, especially for a metal album. It's the archetype, mm-hmm. you know? And I just don't think anyone's... Like, when it was made, it was the best ever made, and I just don't think anyone ever topped it since...
2: I think it might be... In, I don't think a lot of people would argue with me on this. I think it might be the best ever made. Like, in this world... I'm yeah, the best it. metal album. Yeah, absolutely I mean, for sure. Ooh,
1: that's gonna be fascinating. My two uh brothers-in-law are both metal musicians. Do they listen? So I'm gonna
3: bring 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 that. I mean, to for
1: me, I think they have.
3: My yeah, my my top three break, all break. came out in a very short period of time. It'd be Master of Puppets, Rain and Blood, and Peace. So oh, right. That's it. Like that's the holy Dude, trinity those, for me. Right. Those are you Desert
2: know? Island Discs. And I right saw there.
3: and I saw Megadeth on the Peace Cells. Tour. Rain and Blood. They opened i caught the fucking uh drumstick from the fucking drummer of megadeth i saw him at uic wow. they opened for alice cooper
2: yeah that how, was another how old are you with that one uh,
3: that would have 14? been like that would have been that might have been i might have been 13 by that jesus time. yeah like i yeah amazing I Got to see some pretty good fucking concerts when i was a little, little kid uh, uh, <laughs> I like think in, about the fact that my daughter's right, 14, awesome. and right. you know, like I you know I barely let her out of my sight. Yeah. My parents when were I was a child,
1: cool like that. That's amazing. When I was like under tw- under 11 or 12, I went and saw Petra for a birthday party and if you're not familiar with that, it's like a Christian glam rock band. i nice. never the heard of City them. of just Jordan. On, just uh, horrifying on the lines of Stryper. And Striper. then I also saw Yes, very similar to okay. Striper, uh, and then I saw Kansas, mm-hmm. and those
0: were my first like,
1: Kansas is live considered music a experience. There's, the there's some
2: talented It wasn't
1: terrible. I mean, it was better than Petro, that's yeah. for sure. My so first Rob?
3: ZZ Top. <laughs> Go ahead. Kevin. Very nice. That's that's very that's nice. A good, that's, a, is a, that's a beautiful- Heck yeah. Where at?
0: Uh, the Metro Center in fucking Rockford, Illinois.
3: Outstanding.
0: Right on. Right on. For the Afterburner tour.
3: ZZ Top puts on a hell of a show. I want to say I saw maybe the uh, Recycler tour at uh, the World. Mm.
2: Yeah. The World Music Theater. They were fun. Yeah. But my first rock concert was also at Poplar Creek, Kev. Yeah. Like my first real rock concert. I saw some good shit at I Poplar was. Creek
3: when it came to it, man.
2: Me too. Who would see? Neil Diamond in Excess, um Steve Miller Band, was your the first Reggae boy? Sunsplash. Well, I do you consider Neil Diamond rock and roll? Absolutely. Yeah, it's so a, it's a concert. Yeah. Hot August but, Nights? Yeah, that's so a you, movie. I hate one of the it. greatest yeah. live albums ever. I'll yeah. I'll go to my he's greatest. He's fantastic. Name. No,
3: I um I'll I'll uh I can appreciate him. Um I definitely can. He had a nice run and he had like he's got an Probably two albums worth of greatest hits. No, basically.
2: no joke, Hot August Night is amazing. And I can sing every word to that. Podcast.
0: I was raised on the Coming to America, Neil Diamond. Uh, yeah, a good the one, jazz two. singer.
3: My mom right. really jazz dug singer. that. Yeah. Right. Our moms oh, would have yeah, gotten along no with my mom. mom
0: yeah. It wasn't my mom. It was the carpool.
2: Maybe your, maybe your mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe your mom was trying to convert me or something. Maybe your mom could have connected with Neil Diamond and my mom, and she could have convinced my mom to let me go see fucking Metallica and not throw up my Ozzy Osbourne (laughs) racket. Amen. I am You know what
3: I have? It was funny um, that you mentioned striper, Rob, because I have—I'm um, certain that there's striper vinyl sitting in my parents' closet. Wow, I'm certain of it, yeah.
2: Like at least one. I take that off your
3: striper head. vinyl, dude. Um, I can't wait to kind of unbox all that metal vinyl. I've got some really, really—you gotta let me fucking cool that, shit, dude. Yeah, it'll be fun. I've got forty fives too from the fucking eighties. Oh yeah, like I'm sure that I've got. I'm sure that I've got thriller synchronicity um, and then wow. like a lot of the 45s around that time. like I was looking at my because my dad used to collect 45 so he's got you know there's shit in there from like the Beatles and the Beach Boys. like those sure. you know I want to hold your hand 40 on 45, like the fucking right. old school shit because my real dad, singles. My dad thought the Beatles got lame at revolver. you know what I mean? like he kind of stopped there when I was yeah. like, all right, now I know where to start, right.
2: Um, <laughs> right that's pretty much where <laughs> thanks, you pick dad. up thanks dad thanks dad thanks for making a line like, of whatever, like,
3: however cool we think we are musically our kids are gonna think we're fucking nerds and, and absolutely. absolutely at some point in time rebel and make a left turn somewhere
0: and, i mean that's and, just uh child development for you speaking right, of exactly. child development the first time i really came across this album was so me and my, you know, what do you do? What do you do in high school when there's not much to do? I mean, you pretty much get in someone's parents' car, and you just drive around, drive aimlessly, drive aimlessly. Like one time, my dad asked me on Saturday morning, He's like, Where'd you go last night? Where you put 56 miles on the car? And I'm like, Nowhere, nowhere, dude, <laughs> nowhere.
1: miles, nowhere, dude. Wrapped, and uh, he's like, No,
0: where'd you go? I was like, Nowhere. So, me and my buddy. Chris, who is a listener, shout out to you, Chris, hey, Chris. uh, in the Chris? high school, uh, would pile into his dad's, uh, Nova. Now this wasn't like a souped up Nova. It's like an eighties or seventies Nova, you know, like one of those, sure. you know, town muscle cards. car kind of deal. No, 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 no. Oh, it was post a, it was a jalopy kind of deal. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
2: Post. My first car was a Nova 69 Nova super. Oh Jesus. Who gave you that?
0: In any I case. um, Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to win the divorce. In any right. case. So yeah, we would drive around. He he was big. He's a drummer and he was, he loved Metallica and we would just drive around and listen to these solos for all fucking night. And uh so shout out to Chris. I mean, that was really, you know, he got me into Metallica pretty, and we, uh, drive around, listen to that, uh, what's it called? The Garage album?
3: Is Garage it... Days Revisited Garage Day. EP. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I yeah. had that. Yeah. I had that on cassette tape. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. 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 So we jam around to that, you know, and stuff like that. So keeps... one
2: more, one more mention on the whole Master of Puppets tip is this motherfucker just turned twenty-five years old a couple weeks ago. Well, it'll probably be a month when you guys hear this. 35. Month. 30 Sorry, god damn, I'm dating thirty-five, 35 dude. It's that fucking old. Right. It's yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> I thought it was Fuck fifteen. Me. Yeah, I was six when this came out, and I wish I had listened to it when I was twelve. <laughs> See, not that because far away because it would have like. This is one of those. This is one of those albums that really would have like if I had caught it at the right time, like I never even, I didn't hear metal until I was like, I mean, to school. Kevin's
0: credit, I was like, wasn't shit in when my... I was 12. I mean, I was listening yeah, to Prince. That's the th- it was like, what I was listening to. That's not, which isn't yet. shit. However, I, I didn't go much deeper than the radio at that time. Well, it, it was all my brother's influence as we learned in season one, where all of a sudden mm-hmm. I have fucking rush moving pictures, shooting through my wall. Oh God. Great. Like, oh shit changed. You know what? I'd love to redo that record someday.
2: Hell really
0: yeah. Went, because we just did 15 <laughs> minutes of it in the pilot. So revisit redux. So in any case, um yeah. let's wrap it up for the first Lap set. Wrap it up. See on the other side of this break. Uh you know,
3: why don't you go out on the it's a Neil Diamond, right? <laughs> let's do uh <laughs> No, let's do the end of the uh let's do the transition between the anesthesia and damage incorporated on the ass end of that Metallica. Um, the live show from the Aragon. We'll put that up on the playlist, but there's a transition between anesthesia and damage incorporated. It's absolutely incredible from a live show from uh spring of nineteen eighty six from the Aragon. That'll be on the uh the weekly playlist we'll put up. Okay. So why don't we go out on that?
0: Cool. All right, so in case, we're going to go out right now and uh, take it easy. We'll see you in a few. Be Bye. Sure. Bye. Andrew, one of the hosts from the Music Challenge Podcast, and I want to tell you how you can help us bring you more awesome music commentary episodes. You can subscribe in the listening app of your choice, or you can share this episode with someone you think might dig it. Uh, Please leave a rating and review for us on the listening app of your choice. That's a great way for regular listeners to be involved and let us hear from you. You can get in touch with us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com. Or check us out on Facebook. Just search Music Challenge Pod and like us to follow us. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. We hope you enjoy the Music Challenge Podcast and thanks for listening. To the Music Challenge Podcast. My name is Andrew, and we just came back in to the set uh, with Pigs on the Wing, part one. And uh, we're about to hunker down for Kevin's last of his formative four, Animals, uh, by Pink Floyd. Um, so take it away, Kevin.
3: Thank you. Um, this album, wow. So, you know, I kind of talked about how the... Um, the my mind was kind of blown away by metallica and the way that they put songs together and Like, I got into this stuff after that. This was, like, the high school stuff, right? Like, so it was um, pre-high school, it was metal, and then I kind of, like, backed in to classic rock because that's what everyone else was listening to, right? That's, you know, like, I had friends who had older brothers who were into Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and Steve Miller band. That's what I was listening to. Right? Like, all that stuff, right? Like, that was kind of, you know, what younger high school kids were listening to because it was on the radio, it was on the fucking cassette tape, your you had it was on like the uh, albums your brother had. I didn't have a brother, but like my friends had brothers, and some of you guys mm-hmm. had older brothers.
0: Mm-hmm. So in nice that way, little portal,
3: right? Like yeah. it's a really Loving easy fruit. way, right, to listen to music. And so this particular album, like of all the Pink Floyd stuff that crossed my radar, like this was the one that stuck. And when I, like, I I didn't really give Metallica as much credit as they probably deserve for my musical tastes nowadays, but, like, this album has some of those similar traits to it. I mean, when, you know, I know every single note of these songs um, back and forth, and it's crazy how much this album just kind of piled on the influence. Like I listened to this album every night before going to sleep my sophomore year of high school, every single night, I just put it on and it would just fall asleep to it. Um, You know, like
2: headphones, Walkman.
3: No, just in the room. Um, I had a little CD player and it would just kind of play and it wouldn't repeat. So I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, Like, and my bedroom was separated from the rest of the house, kind of, so I could do
2: that. you weren't bugging anybody, right? No,
3: not bugging my parents or anything like that. And my dad worked third shift anyway, so it was just me and my mom for a lot of it. So, no, not a big deal. And so I just listened to this album like crazy. You know, this was one of the few, like, I had a lot of CDs at the time, but this was one that I just kind of burned through, right? Like, this would have been... Yeah, this would have been the late '80s, like '88, '89, right? Like CDs were just a, you know, not they were probably a few years old by then, right? The yeah, eight, a few seven, years a bit, First CDs. I'd say
0: '86, '86, '87. Yeah, '86. When I got my first CD player around there. There you go.
3: Yeah. So you know, CDs have been around for a few years, and you know, when you think about it, like I think about our like this is something that listening to some of these older albums have caused me to consider. The fact that people in our generation have been forced to consume music in like five, six different manners, right? right. Like the point, you right? Just think, their own music, right? Like I, I think right, about the rent first. It. I think about the first like physical music I came into contact with, and it was both vinyl and eight tracks, right? Um, and then me as well, right? And then cassette tapes. Yeah, then CDs, MP3s. then MP3s, then whatever,
2: whatever dats, the hell, like was, throw Dats in there, or whatever. right? Like right.
3: that could have been a thing, right? Um, that certainly was for me, and like the taping shit. But like, so burning that's a burning, CDs, right? right? Burning that CD was kind of a
2: step too, right? right. Like, and then right.
3: ripping that stuff. So that's like seven different ways. And then whatever this shit is now, whatever the hell you want
2: to call it, right? And then it moved to the iPod, right? And you were like, yeah, like a legitimate iPod. You, you had, had a brick, and then right? Like, right. Oh, you mini disc. Don't forget about
1: mini disc. I had a mini, a little square mini disc oh, there? Mini I never disc, like, right? Never could figure that right. out. <laughs> How to <laughs> work I that? Good about that.
3: And so given all of these things, it's crazy that like kind of what we're left with now, this is the stuff that I'm, you know, this is the stuff that's kind of left at the the top of the, the, you know, the smoldering heap of ashes that of all of the stuff I've listened to over the course of my life. When I think about, you know, the whole idea why you guys started this podcast, right? These were the things that last, like, these are the ones that, you know See, caused you to listen and appreciate all of to listen to and appreciate the rest of the music that that opened your mind up to it and right. this this album did it for me like i said every day for damn near an entire year of my life when i think about like i don't know i just i think about the song dogs right um yeah sure that's a gilmore song um right. what's so cool about it And then water sings a verse. Yes. Um, I mean, the triple tracked guitar that's in that there's three different solos. I mean, it's like, I don't know. um, There's, it's probably my favorite Pink Floyd song with words in it really, to be perfectly honest, because I've listened to it so much. Um, And that's a whopper. It's a great song. I mean, there's no
0: doubt about it. You got a favorite part of that song?
3: Well, I mean, when I think about, I think about each of the three solos, right. And especially the first one, when you first hear that triple tracked guitar, the the third one's bending notes and doing all of this crazy stuff. And it's so, so harmonic and gorgeous and beautiful. And it's just kind of, you know, it comes to that crescendo. And yeah, like all three of those guitar solos that he puts together in that song are, um all three of them are just gorgeous. And I just, I feel like I know every single note of them in my head when they're playing. Um So yeah, I, I've, Dogs is like, it's an incredibly comforting song and it's so, Listening to it as a teenager, like, I didn't appreciate how much it inspired me, but listening to it as an adult, I mean, what the song is effectively about is a successful businessman who, you know, realizes at the end of his life that none of the working that he'd done was worth it because he didn't have anybody to share his life with. And so it was weird that, like, what I took from that, was that there are things more important in, in life than money and, and that like your home was more important than your work and go build a life. You know? And so that part of it on some level, listening back to it as an adult, I was instantly transported to some of those feelings I had as as a like as a teenager. And so on some level it was incredibly inspirational. Um in that song, um, as much as any of them, like I said, I, I we were kind of joking about Pink Floyd earlier, um, you know, but this album is as much Waters as it is Gilmore, it's and and also the other yeah, underappreciated element of this album is is Richard Wright and all of the just I Dude, mean, I'm right? Like yeah. it, it, this album, as much as any of them, made me kind of appreciate just how. Like he's like John Paul Jones. He's like this thing that you kind of mm. take for granted, and every now and
2: then, totally, you're completely gripped Dude, by his. That shit is so bluesy, and just like there's times where you're like, "Damn, that's well, awesome."
0: It, it's kind of the glue in between, right? For sure, just holding it all together. I, it like it like holds the bricks together for sure. Um, you know, some of those chords he lays down are just like fit perfectly in between the two of them. Well,
2: and. His yeah, his, the the play between Gilmore and him in um, in Sheep is fricking money to that well, agenda. and
3: and that's the thing. I mean, if you think about this album, right, it's got the it's got the acoustic bookends, right. You know, the pigs on the wing stuff and Roger Waters famously, you know, did that first number. It's like a love song to his love interest at the time. And, you know, it's a song about kind of her being his equal. So there's some like feel good elements of it because he knew how gloomy the rest of these songs were. Right. And they're objectively well, yeah. gloomy songs, and that was the thing: is that I think it set me on a path to understand that like sad music was okay; it was acceptable. Not all of it was about like chasing, you know, good times and fast women and all that stuff. Right. Like this album is
2: deep into the feels, deep, deep, that's deep what, into the that's feels. What, one of the things Zappin for me, I like their like, yeah. kind of depressing it's crazy. Like, I don't know why. Yeah, right. But like, like it's it.
3: crazy how much dark music, um, I actually crave and adore and love and, you know, and, and because it's dark to me, there's like a satisfying element of it. Like I love happy songs about dark things. Right. And, and sure. these are like jammy songs and they're like multiple elements going on. Like when I think about like this, you know, the, of the the, the middle, you know, the three <laughs> big middle songs in the album, right? Like, right. like Pigs, three different ones. The thing about that song that's so damned interesting. I mean, you know, like it's Gilmore that like that song's all Gilmore. Roger Waters wanted to play the rhythm guitar. And so Gilmore <laughs> is, is the, playing fretless bass. Gilmore plays the the fretless bass. a fretless bass box. And he's trying to sound like a pig, and all of his solos are the. I mean, like it, it, and then underneath these crazy ass solos is this epic bass that's all Gilmore, and they're intertwining with each other. absolutely amazing and he does it bass that's all water. No, it's Gilmore. W- what I'm telling you is Roger Waters plays a rhythm guitar. Gilmore is playing the fretless oh, bass and the, bass. the guitar oh, on shit. that song. Yeah, it's um, so there's some really cool stuff going on. Yeah, and live Waters oh, played the bass line when they played it live, but in the studio like a lot of this was, you know, like Richard Wright was laying synthesizers on top of each other. And, you know, like I said, in, in dogs, you know, there's three guitar solos, three Gilmore guitar solos pasted on top of one another. And so there's like triple track. And so they did a lot of cool stuff with the tapes that they had to play a little bit differently live, but like Gilmore did mm-hmm. guitar and bass on that song. And so it's, it's incredible stuff. And, you know, it's that song itself was like, it's about hypocrites, right? Like, you know, and it, it appealed to a teenager for damn sure, right? About like talking about hypocrisy sure. and calling all that stuff out. But like, I don't know. And then the organ riff in that song, the like, do-do-do-do. It always reminded me of the theme of Halloween. You know, the the horror movie, right? Oh, yeah.
0: Tubular Bells.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, just that little kind of that little riff. Um, just great stuff. Um, so I don't know, like there and then the end of that song has an incredible Gilmore solo once again, just kind of fading out, um, where the bass line is absolutely roaring. And then, you know, and then you get to sheep. Rob. You get to shape. Love that fucking yeah. tune. I mean, so, you know, what? Richard Wright starts you off in a meadow, right? You're you're kind of laying in a meadow, right? And right. then Roger Waters comes in with a bass line that sounds ominous as hell, right? <laughs> and instantly you're transported, you know? And, and Roger Waters kicks the song in and you got that baseline going, I, I don't know.
2: There's you got the whole haunting vocals thing in the distinction of the way Gilmore plays guitar. Like, do you guys not agree? I was chatting with somebody about this today. Like, what separates the great guitarists from like the legendary guitarists are their um, ability to create their like own signature sound, the like, auteur Gilmore's,
0: sound, just like like out the Alfred Hitchcock of film Gil- or something like that. You know, one of the Gilmore's when you see it,
2: like. Exactly.
0: Creates a sound. You recognize that sound throughout all his albums. Right. He, almost, he plays the same guitarist in every album. And so, anyway, Jed, I'm kind of interested. You know, we talked <laughs> about a couple of weeks ago and. and uh, <laughs> we did. And I was trying, you know, I
1: was trying to to figure out how to approach this. How so wait, how yeah, this do you, have, do you just want
0: the. No, I don't well, know. Yeah. And, well, I was just wondering. We, we kind of talked about there. We kind of talked about there's, you know, kind of your your uh gilmore camp and your waters camp and uh, you had had declared yourself squarely in the gilmore camp yeah
1: and you know and i had listened to this album you know multiple times over the years but giving it i mean sometimes giving it the focused attention that this podcast allows us to do sometimes and i often will find myself listening to an album you know like four or five times while we're you know, just preparing for it and getting to know it if I don't know it. We're not super familiar with it. But I, you I listen, love this. <laughs> it's awesome. It is. You listen I, to it I, And I think the way I can reconcile that, like, that thing is that this was maybe, I mean, this was the moment that rings the right bell for me um, in, you know, in the Pink Floyd realm. Right. Um, I don't know where I would go after this, like, What's the what's the timeline of all the like the wish you were no, wish you were okay. here? So that's so the he... wall
2: came out was followed this right the wall mm, wall was 79, think, and this was seventy seven I think
3: yeah yeah this tour earlier tell you made Roger Waters hate that's everyone insane. and kind of turned him into oh, that's right I was there kind of wondering awful. about that because yeah. there's
1: there and I think Go that backwards. Backwards. that. <laughs> that's part of what I like about it. It, it has that ominous sensation to it, but it's also really beautiful and eerie, but, but easy to listen to. It doesn't have the, the gnashing gear metal, like weird voice, you know, the, the, the like extra, the, the the Roger Waters being extra Roger Waters, you know? And, uh, and so this was a little, this was a little pr- prior to him, you know, becoming his own force of whatever he right. hate wanted to be
0: he's, hate.
3: He's
0: just, <laughs> it's a pretty beautifully melodic, melodic Prague album for sure.
1: Yeah. And that is, and I, and I thought about that. I've never, I've never thought of Pink Floyd as a, as a Prague band until you guys said it this on that last recording. And I, went back and listened through things just to sort of reanalyze my like my own thoughts on the subject (laughs) and it it, and there is there is a lot of a lot of lovely proggy perfection in this Mm -hmm. band i mean sure yeah i were they my band like kind of never they never really were my thing but i there is a lot of terrific pink floyd music and a lot of it is on this album at least for me um it makes me want to explore a little bit you know a little deeper i I still only got to the like i scratched the surface of that album that you were talking about kevin the the gilmore album
3: you know what i i think if you really like this album i would go back and listen to wish you were here um honestly like I, to me, Good that's album. where I would probably go. Like, well, right, like, kind of in that. My opinion hang it belongs a lot more era.
0: to this album than it does to the wall. You know what I mean? It belongs to yeah. this group yeah. of albums. That's
3: what I'm saying. Is yeah, like I, to me, I think if the wall kind of turns you off, I would probably kind of work in between. I would make um, animals my upper bound as far as time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to check out the waterless stuff that album is sitting right there right. as is they're apparently going to. Uh, they're going to release the Nebworth 1990 performance. Um, there's a single that already dropped. Uh, I think it's shine on you crazy diamond, but it. it's like one of those all-star things with everyone except for Roger Waters. So, <laughs> what a miserable um, so you may be down for that. I how, mean, it's, what, how, is,
1: how is the division bell? Cause I don't, even recall it, but I remember like my friends in high school. Like that's what I thought of Pink Floyd being. Like listening to that album, like so in the car getting driven home as like a freshman in high school. And like I think I just got a bad taste. Like I didn't get the right introduction, which is I think can be that was 90 out of time period there for sure. Oh absolutely. But like I my exposure there was like
3: yeah, you just got exposed to the I got wrong shit, to like
1: the for wrong me. stuff, and I never like picked it yeah. up again. I mean, I, mean, I,
0: I like, mean, for me, like you know, my first early exposure to it was like you know early in college, where like, frankly, I started experimenting with psychedelics, and you know, lo and behold, Pink Floyd would come on. Now, <laughs> right. The thing is, like when I was like, growing meat up, butter like, and jelly, <laughs> kind of like recreational boating and peeing um <laughs> it, it, it's uh it,
3: recreational like, like growing
0: up like you know i had this image of pink floyd before i ever heard him you know like people used to talk about oh these stadium concerts where they thought their head was going to blow off and pigs flying in the air and and you know and you just kind of get this like you have no idea what the music actually sounds like you just hear these you know kind of rumor rumor stories you know once they started listening to it and then but things i think i got interested in the right order where like live in pompeii was pretty early in my pink floyd upbringing right. and to me that's that's quite proggy and uh awesome early prog and uh uh you know it kind of flowed in behind there but like animals was like an early experimentation with psychedelics for me in in early college i mean i just i remember my buddy chicken we that was his name that's what we called him uh sitting in his room like under a blanket on on the bed you know listening to animals while I was like hey Drew you okay yeah I'm fine man I'm just under this blanket permanently don't mind me so, <laughs> listening to animals listening to animals Ain't like you guys so you know <laughs> I go ahead Jeff Oh no I was just, I was just picturing Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah experience. people are kind of milling about me getting drinks and it's like yeah I'm fine. I'm good. So, and I was. I was fine. So feeling the flow. Feeling the flow.
3: Yeah the uh I mean that album that album was was epic and I'm just I'm I'm so grateful for it because it it opened my mind up in a million ways and it still holds up um, you know and every damn note of that is uh, is rock solid I mean I had gotten into you know like when I had gotten into it um, I had also subsequently gotten into momentary lapse of reason because it just happened to be the Pink Floyd album that was out at the time you know, and that came out in like 87 ish, maybe. So mm-hmm. I, that I also fell in love with that album, you know, and there's some stuff on there that's solid, like one slip. Um, And that's a song that it actually gets uh, covered by green sky in like, that gets kind of worked into the middle of jams and stuff. And I don't know, there's some good um, versions of that. Yeah. I could see. Yeah. I, I, that sounds very familiar to me. I'm, I'm, I've probably heard yeah. One slip is. But I I thought about them actually quite a bit. Pink Floyd songs on that album.
1: While I was listening to this, like Green Sky strikes kind of that same nerve. Is that in that like eerie, sad? There's a there's a tone. There's this tone that's used, and it crosses the. It's certainly not the same. Certainly not the same style of music. It's not the same, you know, like in any way. But there is yeah. There's a certain structure to it that. Paul Hoffman
3: writes, yeah. creates that yeah, he, presence. He definitely, uh, there's a handful of songs that Green Sky has that have this kind of like, I don't know. Um, you Clearly something's flowing through the songwriter, you know? Um, there's some wisdom mm-hmm. there. There's some life experience there. There's some stuff going on in the writing that really, really hits and, you know, displays a maturity and displays this... Kind of empathy and understanding that's going on, and some of the stuff that, like, like I said, some of the larger points made in this Pink Floyd album, um, in very sad stories um, told in these extremely exquisite, beautiful songs, is really cool to see. And I'm just, I'm glad you guys, it, you know, it hit the same way for you all because. Some incredible stuff there, for sure. Right on, right on. Gems.
1: Yeah, and so this whole season's been right, sold
3: with and gems. so we had a uh, we had a nice second season. Where's that taking us in the future?
0: Well, it looks like the you know, I think I put out a little trailer a little while, but you know, we're we're gonna keep cranking out some great albums for you guys. I mean, like albums that come from deep uh-huh. in our soul uh, as deeply as the formative four came from. Uh, so we're
1: going to, we're going to dial in the exploratory nature of our, uh, we've tried, we've, we've been playing with like lots of different ways to do things this season too, and experimented,
0: which has been fun. Every episode has been an experiment if you haven't figured that out yet. And, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun and we'll definitely be back for a season three and we'll probably be back before. You know it in the form of little short podlets and different little uh, musical things we might want to pass on down to you, like, say, surprise episodes, or maybe there's some news in the musical world, or maybe we'll answer viewer mail. Who really knows? Well,
2: right. we won't answer maybe we'll viewer take, mail. Maybe we'll...
1: We
3: got a playlist. Right. Oh, yeah. We, got, we started that up, right. Right? and we'll be adding to that and yeah. building it. Which will be, which will be fun. Yeah, throw some stuff on there, guys, that you've been listening to, and so we'll just keep adding to it, right? We'll have a master playlist. Yeah, and it can be. It, it people can. Are we doing themes or
1: is it just their, sort of whatever? Production meeting. yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know.
1: Well, well we're talking to, to the we will talking to the listeners, right? Right. Yeah.
3: Because they can tell add us to what it. y'all want. Yeah, we'll make it collaborative, and they can add.
0: MusicChallengePod at gmail.com is where you want to email. Music challenge pod at gmail.com. So in any case, we'll get the uh, uh, playlist thing ironed out and we'll put up a link on the old uh, tele-Facebook and um, whatever. Rob, did you have something to say? You wanted to add something?
2: I was just going to say thanks for having us for a second season and we'll see you shortly. And Kevin, thanks for doing this Rap. I'm uh, uh, honored,
3: honored to, uh, to hang blast. with you guys and do this. And I'm looking forward to next season and where we're going with that and maybe throwing another four in there. Right.
0: All right. For the music challenge podcast. My name is Andrew and for Jed. Say goodbye, dude. Rob. See you guys. And Kevin.
3: Thanks y'all.
0: Yeah. Uh, Five stars. Us, review us, love us, adore us. I believe there is now.
3: Yes, rate us. Rate us. Rate us.
0: Apple. Apple Podcasts, wherever the hell you get your podcasts, just review and rate us, and we'll hear all about it. Trust me, I have feelers everywhere.
2: We're so, coming up with stickers or something to send y'all.
0: We'll come up with some stickers and some
2: prizes. Thank
0: you. Some prizes for letting us know some your devices. Bad. Devices. So <laughs> Around. All right. Sponsor us. We'll see you next season.
2: Bye. Thanks, guys. Hello, hello. Hey. (laughs) Thanks, y'all.